Hi y'all, this is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer that this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. Then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement this week. You can also find me at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. Let's get started. This week, I get to talk to a homeschool graduate who just so happened to have published three books. Yeah, you heard that right. This week, I'm talking to Millie Florence. Now, Millie's earliest memories are of lying under the covers at night, whispering stories to herself long after her parents had told her to go to sleep. Now, she published her first book, Honey Butter, at age 13, and she hasn't stopped writing since. She loves adventure, good food, and just about all things yellow. The Balter of Ashton Harper is her third novel and comes out next week. Y'all, sit back, relax, gather all of your kids. Make sure they listen to this episode too, because you're all going to be encouraged and inspired by Millie's stories. Hi, Millie. How are you today? I'm doing good. It's lovely to be here. I'm so glad. I was so excited when I met you at the Great Homeschool Convention, and I enjoyed our conversation. And it's always, to me, such an inspiration to meet homeschoolers who found their passion when they were younger and then just pursued it and had the freedom and flexibility because of homeschooling to pursue those passions. And so um, I'm very excited to talk with you today about writing because I'm a writing teacher. I'm an author. I just love the topic. And so I'm so excited to have someone um, like you to share your love of it and how homeschooling helped build that up. And obviously about this new book that you have coming out, your third book next week when this is aired. So um, let's get to it. So tell the moms out there um, just a little bit about yourself, your family, and what your life as a homeschooler is like. Yeah, of course. So I am a young writer and I've been writing for we don't exactly know how young, how long, because I was very, very young when I, I, as long as I can remember, I have been obsessed with storytelling. One of my earliest memories is of laying under the covers at night, whispering stories to myself when I was supposed to be going to sleep. And it really just grew from there. We've homeschooled our entire life. So I've never done a day of uh, traditional education. I, I have I have been to public schools before now as an author to speak, which is interesting. <laughs> but like that's kind of my first glimpse of what uh, public school is like is coming as a speaker, which is very, very cool. But yes, we've been homeschooling my entire life. I'm a homeschool graduate now. Um, and writing was 100% what led my homeschool days. Like I, you know, people often talk about, oh, like, how did you incorporate writing into your homeschool? And in reality, to me as a kid, it often felt more like, how are we incorporating homeschool into my writing days? Because, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) 
because I was just, I was so focused and so passionate about that, that my parents kind of let that direct the direction of our homeschooling, which was amazing because pursuing a career is one of the best educations you can get. I mean, from writing business emails and learning about self-publishing and learning how to be a storyteller, there's just so much there that is a wonderful education. Of course, there's a lot there that isn't that needed to be added in, like math. I have plenty of stories about struggling over math, um, <laughs> but generally writing passion about is what led my homeschool education. And I'm very, very grateful for that and that my parents were open to do that. And homeschooling is definitely what allowed me not just the time or the freedom to become an author, but also to learn some very essential skills for being an author, like self-discipline and organization and other things that you don't necessarily get the same level of in public school. Because when you have a lot of freedom, with great freedom comes great responsibility, and you have to learn how to be a very responsible, self-motivated person when you're a homeschooler. And I definitely attribute that to um, a lot of the success I've seen as an author. I 100% agree with all of that. Um, it is such a great that your mom was able to, like you said, how did you word it? It wasn't homeschool, right? Incorporating writing into your homeschooling. It was uh, you incorporating are- homeschooling into my writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wanted to say it's, it's the, it was always the same with my siblings. Like my mom always really took what we were passionate and interested about and formed our education around that, which caused us to be a lot more enthusiastic about that education, right? Which I think is super, super cool. Like for one of my brothers, he's obsessed with soccer. That's his thing. So a lot of his education is formed around that. One of my brothers is now a professional drone pilot. Um, so his education was always formed around that and the tech stuff that he's interested in. Yeah. My mom calls it delight directed. So I like that term, delight directed. Yes, that is definitely one of the the gifts and the beauty of homeschooling is for for our education to be, I like that, delight driven. That is awesome. I called it interest led, but I like your mom's version better. So I'm going to go with that from now on. So you, my friend, have two self-published novels for middle graders, and you have a third novel coming out next week. And I think I read somewhere your first picture book. My yes. In the winter. So you are one prolific writer. <laughs> so first of all, tell us all about this third book that's going to be coming out next week. Yes, I am so excited for this one. So the title is The Balter of Ashton Harper, and it is a middle grade historical fantasy novel set in the Regency era. So think like... Jane Austen, but with magic and adventure for kids. It's a very fun little mashup. The main character is the 12-year-old Ashton Harper, who is a bit of a, a sarcastic pessimist and the middle child, a brother smushed between two sisters, who he finds quite annoying, but he would also do anything for, as brothers are wont to do. Um, <laughs> and the story... I my main inspiration for the story was exploring um what it's like to be a kid with big dreams because obviously I grew up as a kid with big dreams and a lot of the struggles that come with that. So Ashton and his sister who is also his ballroom dancing partner because they do ballroom dancing um they get 
get the opportunity to um, audition to get into their dream school, the Overmorrow Academy of Arts, to become ballroom dancers. Um, and it is the opportunity of a lifetime. But on the journey there, um, so they discover some mysterious magic that has lain um, undiscovered for centuries that sort of puts a wrench in their plans. And I really, so Ashton is pursuing, you know, this goal of being a dancer with his sister. And through that, I'm able to look a lot about, you know, like what, what makes dreams worth dreaming? Are dreams only worth dreaming if they come true? Or is there some, some other quality, something else that's valuable about them and what it's like to be a kid with big dreams and pursuing those and the roadblocks that you'll come up against. So I think it's, it will be a great book for any kid with big dreams who maybe sometimes feels discouraged about them. Um, I think it'll also be a great read aloud, especially for moms who enjoy Jane Austen because they'll find <laughs> lots of Easter eggs in there. Um, but it's also not so Jane Austen heavy that kids would not be able to understand it. It's very much aimed at the kids. Um, and hey, you might have some kids who enjoy the book and then maybe they want to start reading Jane Austen. And I think that would be amazing. So... <laughs> It would make a great family read aloud, and it is just a, a wonderful story that I'm I'm so excited to finally share with everyone because I had a great time writing it, and it's a subject that is very close to my heart, and with just a protagonist that I absolutely love. I love Ashton. He's a I jokingly tell my writer friends he's a sarcastic little bean. I love him so much. <laughs> so just curious, like how long did it take you? Like from the idea you had to finishing it up yeah so the Balter Vashon Harper it took about two years and mm -hmm. then there was some extra time after that working with my publisher because this book is traditionally published with Bandersnatch books um to do the final like edits and formatting and that the whole traditional the whole traditional publishing process has a lot of different moving pieces that take a while to get into place and yeah, so now it is available for pre-order, and it's coming out next week, right, when this podcast airs. Um, and you can go to my website, millieflorence.com. There will be a link there for you to pre-order it, as well as, of course, information about all my other books. And hey, if oh, and I need to mention this. Um, yeah. If you pre-order it, it will be signed. I am signing all the pre-orders, which is oh, wow. very, very exciting. Yes. That um, is, that's a super treat. Yes. So when this podcast airs, if you're just hearing about this for the first time, you have a week to get a signed copy. So, yeah. <laughs> and I already, I will make sure that I have the link both to your website and to the publisher's website um, in the show notes. And then when I send out my email to all of my followers uh, about this podcast, I have all those links there too, so that they can get their hands on this signed copy pre-order um, of your your third book. So um, hopefully they'll be able to get that signed copy and all the pre-orders. So, and I think you also mentioned there's some little magic in it too, right? So someone like my daughter would probably also. Yes. Enjoy. It's historical fantasy. So it's, it's set in a real historical time, but yes, there's a lot of and whimsy there, um, which I don't want to spoil because it's kind of a plot twist. But and just from your description of your protagonist, I think I'm in love with that little guy already. <laughs> Sounds like I'm so glad. <laughs> someone after my own heart. Um, all right. So, yes, that is definitely uh, your third book that's coming out next week. 
But you had also mentioned that you self-published two other books. And I know you've got a project going on with Sarah McKenzie and her publishing uh, company there. But can you just tell us a little bit about your second book and your first book and and maybe even a little bit about the self-publishing process? Because I know there's some young authors out there listening with their moms who they're thinking, oh, my gosh. I want to do what Millie did and actually get my stories published. So can you tell us a little bit about those books, but also the what you did to get them published? Yeah, of course. So I published my first book, Honey Butter, when I was 13 years old. That was my first self-published book. And that one was actually a contemporary, so not a fantasy like the books that have come before. And it was just a very... Um, Sweet, short summer story about seven-year-old Jamie Johnson, who is obsessed with collecting paint cards, like the little samples you would find at a hardware store. That was my first book. And you can actually get the ebook and audiobook version of that book free on my website when you sign up for my email newsletter. So you can go to millieflorence.com to get a free copy of that if you want to try it out or if you want the audiobook. There are also physical copies available um, on Amazon and through my website. That was my first one that was self-published. My second one, uh, my second book, Lydia Green of Mulberry Glen was also self-published and that is a fantasy story as well. Um, and then yes, I am working on a book with Sarah McKenzie and Waxwing Books right now. And more information about that will be coming out in the next couple weeks after this podcast is released, which is very exciting. But yes, uh, the self-publishing process. So to clarify for some aspiring authors out there who some of you might not have heard of it, some of you might have, um, there are a few different ways to go about publishing. The most common are traditional publishing or self-publishing. And basically what that means is if you traditionally publish, you do what I'm sure you're most familiar with authors doing, which you write a book and you send it to a bunch of publishers. Hopefully one of them says yes. And if they do it, then they publish the book for you. Self-publishing is when not only you are the author, but you are also the publisher. So you write a book, go through the entire process, and then instead of sending it to publishers, you do the work to find a cover illustrator, cover designer, interior designer, formatter, proofreader, um, and distribution company to get the book printed. In this day and age, self-publishing has become a lot, a lot easier than it was way back in the day. Um, One of the most famous self-published books is actually Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. He self-published that book back when finding a distributor actually meant walking around town and going to a printing press and being like, hey, will you print this many copies of my book because I want to sell it. Um, Nowadays, there's something called print on demand, which is basically every time someone orders one of your books, they print a copy just for that person. So you don't have to worry about stock. Getting into the nitty gritty details, um, (laughs) overview, you're your own publisher when you self-publish. And because of that, you have to put in a lot of time and effort to learn how to do all those things and often quite a bit of money up front that you don't have to do with a traditional publisher, but you get more profit. But there's no right or wrong way to publish. It just depends entirely on the person. Some authors really enjoy the publishing and marketing part of the process of self-publishing, whereas some just want to write books and send it to publishers and um, not not do that part of the job. So there's no wrong way. It just depends on the person what you want to do. And there's tons of resources out there online if you are an aspiring author and you want to learn more. You can tell you absolutely love 
writing and everything that comes with it. It's just, it's so fun to talk to someone who's passionate about what they do. Okay. So speaking of one of the things I want to talk with you about is what, what do you think is the secret to writing those engaging stories? The ones that just keep people coming back for more. There is, there is definitely one specific secret. This, this does not make a book good, but if you don't have it, the book will not be good. And that is characters, well-written, real characters. Characters are the heart of the story. Um, One of the writing YouTubers I follow, um, she likes to say story is not about what happens. It's about how what happens affects and transforms the character. Um, That's Abby Emmons. I highly recommend her YouTube channel. She was also a homeschooler and a homeschool graduate. And as an author the best way to create those characters is to learn to have empathy for them and empathy for people around you and learning to understand people and emotions. And if you want to get really nerdy psychology, I've um, been known to research quite a bit of psychology in an effort to write um, deeper, more realistic characters and really understand the minds of my characters because the character is the lens through which your reader sees the entire story And there are plenty of bad books that don't make sense, don't have the best plot, or, you know, there are other things about them that don't work, but people will come back to the the bad books, the fluff, as my mom likes to call them, the soap operas, um, for the characters that they've fallen in love with. But I doubt you will ever find a good story that does not have engaging characters. Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head as to why series are so popular, because you know, you you get invested in the characters of a, a book. Yes, absolutely. Have trilogy, or they just go on and on and on, and and you just get to really know the characters. And I know for my, my daughter, she's she's like you. She was an avid reader. She's just constantly reading. But whenever one of her favorite series would come to an end, she would literally cry. You know, because it was like there's not going to be any more. I, I'm not going to be able to hang out with this character. Yeah you know, anymore. So yeah, thank you. I think that truly is the the secret is make sure you've got some characters who um, are not only lovable, but they're real and they're transparent and they're not perfect and they're redeemable. Yeah. I love a story with a redeemable character and who doesn't love to hate the, you know, the villain. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yep. Or even some of those stories nowadays where you're actually rooting for the villain to change, you know, or to. Yes. Yeah. Avatar, the last stairbender. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Yep. Okay, Millie. So not everybody out there um, have kids who enjoy the writing process. It's almost like pulling teeth out of them. They would rather go to the dentist (laughs) than sit down and write. So can you just share maybe some suggestions on how to ignite like a love of writing and reluctant reluctant writers, or maybe even uh, give some encouragement to moms who have a naturally gifted, imaginative writer like yourself, just some tips as to maybe what they could do. Yes, absolutely. So um, surprisingly, I would say the advice for both moms with reluctant writers and moms with really passionate writers is it's very similar. And that would be, I have a few points, but number one is just be excited with them. So for those 
passionate writers, let them write about something they're excited about. Even like, and especially fan fiction, which I know a lot of moms have the tendency to roll their eyes at, right? But fan fiction is actually extremely beneficial to write as a young writer. Think about it. When you're learning to play an instrument like the piano, you don't start by making up your own songs. No, you learn um, you learn songs that other people have written first, right? And that's kind of, fan fiction is kind of the writing equivalent to that. And through writing fan fiction, kids can learn to um, write in a particular style, in a particular voice, and really emulate these characters. And through that, they will learn about writing character voice and um, writing style and how to write body language and all these different things that are super, super beneficial. And then I would say, you know, on the other side of that coin, for kids who are not like writers, who are reluctant writers... They might be reluctant to write, but I don't think there's any human in the world who is reluctant to get invested in a good story, right? So even kids who are not writers probably have things that they are really excited about, stories they love. And that includes not just books, but movies, TV shows, their Dungeons and Dragons role play. And I would say if you want them to be a writer, play off of what they're already interested in and the stories they're already interested in. Listen to them and be excited with them about their own ideas. Um. So, like, if your kid is ranting to you about um, this TV show that they're watching, let them rant. Ask them questions about it. They would love nothing more than to tell you all about the things that they are excited about. And, of course, like, don't judge them for it because I think if kids are ever hesitant to tell you about the things they're excited about as parents, it's probably because they're afraid of being judged. Um, so get excited about, get excited with them about the stories they're already excited about. Even if you feel like maybe, you know, it's warrior cats or something, it's not the peak literature, right? Still get excited with them about that. And, um, from there you could encourage them to branch off, start with writing fan fiction or writing something similar. So if they really love mystery stories, be like, Hey, maybe you could write your own mystery story. And then from there, I would say, don't worry about spelling and grammar in the beginning with both reluctant writers, especially with reluctant writers, but with passionate writers as well. Um, when they're, if your kid is excited about something, let them be excited about it. Don't try to turn it into school, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> that will immediately quash that um, excitement. So, I mean, obviously that's something grammar and spelling is important eventually, but let them get excited first that the spelling and the grammar and the details come later. And they will learn a lot of that naturally just from reading and continuing to write. So that is fabulous advice. I love those ideas about just, especially for reluctant writers, they are excited about something. A lot of times they're excited about a lot of things, but just the freedom. Yes, exactly. To, to explore that and to and, and even just in talking about it is actually a form of their first draft because they're thinking about it. They're organizing their thoughts. They're getting it out. Yes. Amen to all of it. That is awesome advice. Thank you, Millie. Um, I really enjoyed Thank you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you found it helpful. <laughs> I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, so before I ask you my last question, just remind the moms one more time where they can find you, how they can get their hands on the books you've already published and the one that's coming out next week and um, anything else that they might want to, like if they want to contact you for even more uh, advice or other signed copies, how can they get in touch with you? Yes, absolutely. So 
for everything that you just mentioned, go to my website, millieflorence.com. That is my central hub that has links to all the places, to all the books, all of my books that you can buy to sign up for my newsletter, uh, to follow me on social media, to email me. All of that is on my website. So go to millieflorence.com to pre-order The Balter of Ashen Harper and um, find anything else that you might be interested in involved with me. So. <laughs> Thank you. And again, like I said, I'll make sure that's in the show notes and in the email that I send out. So before you leave me, I always ask this a question, a version of this question, but what words of encouragement can you give to not just the moms out there, but students who might be listening, who want to pursue a career in writing or perhaps one day publish a novel like you? So this would be my advice, not just to young writers, certainly to young writers, but also to any kid who has something that they're passionate about, that they're excited about. And that is, you are living in the best time in history to pursue a creative career. You have everything you need literally at your fingertips, the internet. Um, it is an incredibly valuable tool that you should be careful to use wisely. Um, but there are tons of podcasts, YouTube channels, blogs, and books that you can get from the library out there about both writing a good story and publishing it. And nearly all of it is free, which mm. is absolutely amazing. So for young writers, go do your research, go find books about writing, go find good literature um, to read. All of that is waiting for you. and it's pretty much all free. So use that. You have everything you need. Writing is cheap. You just need an empty Word document or a piece of paper and a pencil. Like it's one of the cheapest creative <laughs> endeavors you can pursue. The only thing stopping you is yourself. Like everything you need is right in front of you. And the fact that the only thing stopping you is yourself can get discouraging at times, right? Because you don't have any other excuses. You feel like, well, if I'm, I'm not a writer, I'm not doing good writing, then it must be a problem with me. Um, and to that, I would say, no, it's not. Every writer goes through that. So don't get discouraged. Um, like take advantage of all these incredible resources that you have and don't get discouraged because every writer before you has gone through the same struggles of feeling like whatever it is that you don't have enough ideas, that you have too many ideas, that you'll never be as good as, um, J.R.R. Tolkien or whatever. I'm sure J.R.R. Tolkien had a writer he felt like he would never be as good as. So keep going and um, use all of those amazing resources because that like you, you just it's all at your fingertips. And I think that's incredible. Thank you for those words of encouragement. And I think it even goes for the moms, too, because as homeschooling moms, we often feel like we just can't do anything um, as well as perhaps our friend who uh, is a fabulous mom or homeschooler or whatever. So awesome, awesome words of advice and encouragement. I so thank you. Thank you, Millie, for hanging out with me. I know the Lord's going to bless your endeavors. I know that your third book is just going to hit the charts and everyone's going to love it. Um, but again, thank you for hanging out with me uh, today. And when you publish your fourth book, make sure you come back so that we can talk about it and help you promote it too. Okay. I absolutely will. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Thank you for hanging out with me and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining me, make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you're new to homeschooling or you're looking for ways to simplify and streamline your homeschooling this year, this is the perfect book to read. You can purchase it at Amazon or at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. 
If you heard something you liked or something new, then share a podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week. And if you haven't already, I would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. This really is the best way to help other moms find our podcast and be encouraged too. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschool mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, consulting services, podcasts, and book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.